This is the official tapes, the unofficial Grateful Dead radio program for the official releases. Uh, we're not playing uh, the music from the uh, out of the vault. Uh, we sometimes check in with uh, a few guests. And uh, this run around, we are going to be dropping some LST. I'll go first. I'm Scott Fernandez. I'm the CEO of Love Some Tea. And I'm Matt Cothran. I'm the president of Love Some Tea. Yeah, LST, Love Some Tea. We're going to talk about the uh, science of making the perfect cup of tea. We're going to talk about uh, what Love Some Tea does to separate themselves from the rest of the tea community and how uh, the tea community is uh, similar to the Grateful Dead community. So uh, it's tea time. I think it's a lifestyle, right? It's nice just to sit with a cup of tea and maybe turn everything off and put my phone away and just sit outside if it's nice and, and just have a relaxing few minutes, you know, drinking a cup of tea, I think. I certainly experienced that in Thailand quite often when I lived there. And, you know, if you look at the UK, right, I mean, they'll take time in the middle of the day to stop everything and, and drink a cup of tea or a couple of cups of tea. So that's a big part of it. You know, I tend to drink a lot of the tea because I don't drink coffee. So I'm a musician. So, you know, I'll sit down at the piano with tea and it's a nice combination there, right, to put the two together. Tea is a journey and any jam music is really a journey. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. The Dead's music and kind of what they're doing, it was always, you know, an exploration, right? And, and every song is always played differently, right? So you could hear, you know, a song like Peggio or Shakedown or Terrapin played a lot of different ways. And look at a song like Friend of the Devil, right? It, it originally, it was written as a fast song and eventually Jerry slowed it down. And the same goes for our teas. You know, when we've created flavors, we've had these kind of delusions of grandeur of creating certain flavors. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it goes in the trash. <laughs> we just have to walk away and try again. It's all experimental, right? And it's all about how you you approach it. What did Mickey Hart say one time? I think he said, you know, we're travel agents is the way that he explained it. And I thought that was a brilliant way of explaining it, right? And everybody's journey is different. People in the Grateful Dead, you know, deadheads are we're colorful people and tea drinkers as a whole, you know, people that really have a passion about tea, they're colorful and engaged people. Sometimes, you know, you end up going places that are, are really amazing, right? I mean, you have some of those dark stars that are, you know, Berkeley 72, right? I would encourage people to listen to that. It's a real exploration. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bob breaks into El Paso, which is like, wow, we just went from highly psychedelic to country Bob, right? And I, and I think it's that way with tea too. So I, I see a lot of similarities. I To start off with, our working man's blend is just a blend of black teas. It's just different black teas that are picked from around the, the forest in northern Thailand. It's got a, a great woody, deep aroma to it, really slight hints of chocolate and you know, some other woody flavors to it. It's just a really bold tea. If you like black tea, working man's blend is, is really going to be one that pops your palate. It, it's very different from most of the black teas on the market. You know, if you think like black coffee, it's your highest oxidized tea. It's got a ton of flavor, have a ton of profile to it. When you brew it, it's going to be a really dark tea. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the cosmic coconut for sure. Our cosmic coconut, we start with a, a base of the working man's blend, and it's flavored with an extremely deep roasted coconut. That's pretty much T 
tea I drink in the morning to kind of get my day going. That was the tea that I would bring to the gym for sure. When I say coconut, most people instantly think coconut candy, and that's not what this is. So it, it tastes like fire roasted coconut. It doesn't have that artificial coconut flavor to it. It's one of my personal favorite teas. It's something that's really new in the market. You won't find a ton of coconut tea out there. I can drink the Cosmic Coconut at 10 o'clock at night and go to bed. Some people can't do that, but for me, it's, it's really nice. The other teas are primarily fruits. So we've got our Ramblin' Apple, which is flavored with apple, strawberry, cranberry. It's got a, a really good base green tea that's got a strong vegetal taste to it. Very grassy, you know, really light. It's a great breakfast tea or a great you know, dessert or, or tea to go along with a light meal. And then Passion of Profit is our uh, green tea that is extremely bold with passion fruit. If you're a passion fruit connoisseur, that's the tea for you. I love the Passion of Profit too. Passion fruit is a great tea, so I really like that one. And then our Tropical Weather is another one of my personal favorites. It's all fruit and flowers. So there's mango, there's rose hips, we have blue lotus in it a little bit of pineapple. There's, there's just a ton of fruit and flower in it. And it's all native fruit and flower of Thailand. It's also our most specialty because it's a blend of half green and half black, which is another thing you won't really find in the market. It took us a, a long time to get that right where it could be steeped and not go bitter. So the, the balance of it is really perfect. So you get a nice dark amber tea with the fruit and flower flavors. You get some of the woodiness of you know, our traditional black tea, uh, but also that touch of grassiness of a green tea. Green tea is going to be picked and then dried without allowing it to oxidize, which keeps a lot of that green, keeps a lot of the chlorophyll in the leaves. The tea is green. And then our Mintio, pretty pretty standard. It's a, it's a mint tea. If you like peppermint, it's really a, a great, bold peppermint flavor. It has both peppermint oils and, and natural peppermint flavors in it, as well as our, our black tea blend. I think the Cosmic Coconut is one that I think people will really like. Like Matt said, it's very robust and it's just, it's a great way to kind of get you up and going in the morning, which, which I think a lot of people, you know, want to have. And I don't drink coffee, so I'm a hundred percent tea guy. So that's my go-to that and, and tropical weather too. Loose leaf tea is going to be one of two types. It's either going to be what we have, which is a whole leaf tea, where the tea is picked, it's dried, packaged, it's ready to go. Your green tea is going to be a tea that's not oxidized. Your black or your oolongs uh, are going to be an oxidized tea. Oolong is kind of your midpoint, so it's allowed to slightly oxidize. There are some oolongs that are steamed. There are other oolongs that are you know, hand rolled it gets kind of a 50% oxidation on it. So it's kind of a brownish color. So the other type of a loose leaf is going to be a chopped loose leaf where they take the entire leaf, it's cut up, it's packaged, it fills a container perfectly. And then you get into tea bags. So your pyramid tea bags may have a chopped or a whole leaf in them. Uh, they're going to be pretty sizable. You might get eight or 10 into a container. And then most tea in the world in tea bags is going to be a chopped or ground tea. Packaging size is really small. It's done so that it gets the most flavor into the water when you steep it. I like to very short steep my green teas because I feel like they've got a lot more flavor. 
uh, when they're steeped shorter, and then I can re-steep them. That's another thing to note with natural wild tea. Because our tea is so fresh and it's coming you know, straight to the market from Thailand, you can steep our teas two, three, four, five times without really much loss in flavor. The black teas, you can easily steep three or four times and still get really robust flavor profile out of them. Uh, whereas a tea that's been sitting in a, you know, a, in a sorting house for two years, three years, it's being blended with other teas, it, it dried out a lot, it hasn't retained a lot of its flavor, you might get one or two steepings at most. So we really try to make that clear to people that, you know, don't just toss the tea bag out, re-steep it. Uh, for the average consumer, you know, your green teas are going to be steeped at a lower temperature. They burn really easily. Uh, they'll bitter out very easily. Some as low as 160 degrees, you know, up to 180. Your oolongs kind of in the 180 degree to maybe 200 at the highest. Black teas anywhere from 190 to 215, uh, which is basically you can just pour boiling water on it after you let it set for a few seconds. As far as steeping time, again, it's really personal preference. So try for yourself. See, you know, see how long you like to carry it out. We've got customers that'll steep their teas six, eight, nine times and, and even cold brew them in their fridge and just kind of let it sit for the day. Iced tea, you can really brew two ways. You can cold brew it where you put the tea leaves in either an infuser. Your green teas, you don't really want to cold brew for more than maybe two to three hours because they will get really bitter. Black teas, I leave overnight cold brewing. A lot of people use them to make kombucha with. If you're going to hot brew it uh, or sun brew it for black teas, I'd say don't steep a, a pitcher of tea more than maybe three to four minutes in the, you know, if you're going to use hot water, if you're going to sun steep it, you can leave it out for four or five hours. The green tea is much shorter. If you're going to brew a cold green tea, I wouldn't really let it steep more than one to one to two minutes, depending on the flavor. I had lived in Chiang Mai in 2007. I've been going since 2001. And our other partner founders, Rob Forrest, uh, lives in Chiang Mai. You know, Rob and I always used to talk about what can we do? How can we help some of the people here? What kind of business can we do? And so he called me one day and said, hey, you know, I've got this tea and let me send a tea and see what you think. So I did. My family and I drank it. Everyone thought it was great. So Rob and I were having a conversation, I think November of 2015. And, you know, he said, Scott, you know, we can sell this in the U.S. And I said, OK, can we name it whatever we want? And he said, yeah, why? Do you have an idea? You know, we're both deadheads, so I kind of thought about it for a few seconds, and I said, I don't know, let's call it LST. And he laughed, and I laughed, and we thought it was funny. And then he said, well, what's that supposed to mean? And I thought about it again for about another 10 seconds, and I said, I don't know, man, let's just call it Love Some Tea. And then I think we were both silent for about 25 seconds and thought, you know what? It's a pretty good name. It's just kind of a little fun nod to our company name, and we use it on our ceiling stickers on our love some tea product. It's just a nice little additional moniker for the company. You know, I had known Matt since 2007 and, you know, he was my next phone call to say, hey, listen, we're, we have this idea, we have this tea, would you be interested? And he hopped on board and, you know, that's how the company was born, basically. Some of the recent studies that have come out shows that things like white tea can actually help reduce your A1C for diabetics. And you know, it's shown to reduce blood pressure, help lower A1C, 
So it, it's a beneficial beverage and been used in both ceremony and for health benefits for you know thousands upon thousands of years. The properties of tea itself, they're a stimulant, they have caffeine in them, but typically not as much caffeine as coffee. And, and for me, the caffeine is a lot smoother in tea. I don't drink a lot of coffee because it leaves me really jittery. If I drink a ton of tea, still kind of the same effect, especially black teas. But I think the overarching health benefits that, that most people perceive is that it's a green plant. It's a lot cleaner than drinking coffee. Definitely better than soda or you know, any other sugary beverage. I think that's why you're seeing the growth of it in the United States and, and worldwide, just, just becoming more and more and more as people are looking for, for substitutes, right? Because I think we're learning like sugar really is not very good for you. Right. And, and soda certainly is really bad in a lot of respects, just in terms of uh, all the sugars in, in it and just how many empty calories there are in it, too. So I think people are looking for, you know, for healthier alternatives. And I, I think tea provides that for a lot of people. And it does for me, too. Yeah, there's always a debate. You know, coffee is better than tea. Tea is better than coffee. Uh, but honestly, you know, over the years, I've turned a lot more people on to tea that were pretty heavy coffee drinkers. Uh, you know, just kind of gradually got them to switch over and, you know, explain, you know, hey, try this out for a week, you know, drink tea instead of coffee, see how you feel, you know, see if you wake up to a cup of tea, you know, versus drinking 12 cups of coffee throughout the day, you know, see, see how you feel about it. And then, you know, there, there's diehard coffee drinkers that'll never switch, just like there's, you know, diehard, you know, beer drinkers that their beer of choice is one thing and they won't drink anything else. Um, but I think the the passion that exists, you know, in in our industry and you know for tea specifically, um, is a lot more targeted. You know, people drink tea, I think, kind of for the ceremony. And there there's definitely a, a, a subculture of coffee that does the same. You know, you have guys that only use a French press. You know, they only do pour over. Uh, they really make a ceremony out of it. But I think tea has existed more ceremonial for a lot longer than coffee. Uh, whereas coffee's ceremonial style has kind of become mainstream now. The former king of Thailand, who you know is very dedicated to his people and was really a wonderful man, he wanted them to have you know something that they could sell that wasn't contributing to the drug trade. So he brought the seeds you know to Thailand in the late 1980s and really started this whole thing and. You know, the former king and queen also have a Thai farming project as well that's been going on for a long time where they're really trying to prop up those people because, you know, he knows the economic opportunity for a lot of the people in the hill tribes just isn't there. And he wanted to make sure that they had that opportunity. That was really important to him. And I, I still think it's really important to a lot of the Thai people now, and it's certainly very important to us. It's a rarity to take people up to the tea plantations. So if someone actually does make it up to the standard tea plantations to get pictures, they're not typically going to see a ton of hill tribe people. To take people deep into the jungles where our wild teas are grown is an extreme rarity. The hill tribe people themselves are protective. The government's protective. This is one of the things that Rob and I talked about five years ago was, you know, hey, how can we do something that's good that's going to help these people and kind of get some recognition here. So another thing that's of really importance is most of the hill tribe peoples aren't necessarily recognized politically they can't get passports they're not truly recognized as citizens it's really tough for them to travel and a lot of the hill tribe people live on the border of thailand and burma some live in burma 
And so just even getting between the villages is really, really tough for all of the Hill Tribe people. And I can tell you too, I mean, I, I live there, right? And, and I actually had some friends. And I spent some time up in the Hill Tribe villages and it's just, it, it's a different way of life. I mean, it really is very different the way that they deal with everything from cooking to bathing to how they sleep and how they live. If you look at, you know, kind of culture and art, dressed and everything from the, the 60s to today for deadheads and you look at the hill tribes you know you could almost put hill tribe people in the middle of of any grateful dead show and and go unnoticed it's also very familial right there, there's a lot of families the family units all live together right so when i was up there you would see great grandparents grandparents you know parents kids and their kids i mean they were all living like within the same village even in Thailand in general, you don't see that, right? You see families living together, but especially in the hill tribes, we want them to have the freedom to do what they want to do. And their traditions are really beautiful. I mean, if you get up there and get to see some of that, or, you know, you go to hill tribe wedding or you go to a hill tribe funeral, unfortunately, I mean, you really see, it's just a very different lifestyle than, than, than most of us are used to. Several of us are pretty deeply embedded in Thai culture. You know, our partner that we work directly with the Hill Tribes with has been working with them for 10, 15 years. He's brought in botanists, anthropologists, and worked with the Hill Tribe people, helped them understand how to process teas, properly flavor things, you know, get things certified, work with the FDA for export. They do sell a little bit of it in Europe, and I think it's getting to be more popular, but in terms of you know pure tonnage and stuff and what they export, it's not anywhere near what comes out of India or Sri Lanka or, or those places. But you know, we, we hope to continue to to bring notice to it and let people know that it's just not really unique and amazing tea, but that the story behind it's important. Really just working hand in hand with the Hill Tribe people. Thailand's not even in the top ten tea exporters in the world, right? So most of the tea produced in Thailand is really consumed in country. It's really blossomed into the ability to export a great amount of tea from Thailand and, and benefit the Hill Tribe people greatly. It's only recently that they began to, you know, expand a little bit. This tea is a truly natural product, that it's not causing deforestation, that it's not harming animals and other wildlife, and it really does benefit the community. So we coined the term plantation-free. The word plantation, you know, does have a, a harsh history and is associated with, you know, acts that we don't like to speak of, but plantation free really embodies that entire thought process of uh, making sure that things are growing wild, that we're not using chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, uh, and that the tea can really live free in its natural environment and elephants and monkeys and other animals can roam freely among the tea plants. and. Our hill tribe farmers, when they pick the tea, that, that's really their only interaction with the tea. Hand picking really gives us the, the best quality tea and allows for the, you know, the farmers to engage with the tea plants. Lots of tea plantations still pick by hand, but a good majority of tea plantations pick with machinery. You know, think of a hedge trimmer that's gas powered, some are battery powered, but they have kind of a catch basin on them. And they essentially just clip off the tops of the plants. 
So not only are you using you know fossil fuel machinery to pick the tea, but there's also that chance of contamination with oils and other foreign matter. So hand-picked tea is really the, the best way to pick tea. You ensure that you get the whole leaf. You're not just taking off little chunks. They're going to get ground up and intermingled with 500 other teas from different tea plantations. So hand-picking, you can pick the best leaves. You don't get a lot of foreign matter in it. Sometimes with hand-picking, you can get you know, small amounts of the tea twig and tips. But in all honesty, that actually adds to the flavor of the teas. Kind of in the U.S., we've, we've gotten into this whole notion of, you know, an apple has to be perfect. You know, if it's got a single spot on it, we don't want to pick it up off the shelf. And tea is kind of the same way. So people are used to seeing just a leaf. Uh, but there are twig teas out there that are hand-picked as well. I think a lot of people associate tea plantations with, you know, these massive overarching places that have row upon row of tea, whereas our tea grows wild in the jungle. You know, some of the tea plants are two, three feet tall. Uh, some of them are 30 and 40 foot trees. Uh, it just really depends on the variety. And they're all growing wild and no interaction, no chemicals and uh, nothing to harm the environment. We also do not pick tea from November until usually March, April. It depends on the year, how much rain that the area has gotten and how quickly the tea blooms for the year. But in that period, we let the tea plants rest. They get new growth on them. They stay healthy. And then we begin picking again in the spring when they bloom again. It goes along with our overall message. You don't have to constantly be growing something, constantly be picking something. You know, we don't stress the tea plants out. Of course, in a, you know, from a business model, there's a period of time where we can't get tea. But what we typically do is try to estimate what we're going to sell in that downtime. And if we run out of a certain flavor, we always just let customers know, hey, we let the tea plants rest for this time period. We'll be picking again in April. Check back with us then. We may even start doing things like pre-order where it's available again later in the spring. That's a model that we won't change. It's, it's the best thing for the environment. It's the best thing for the tea. Like Matt said, you know, some people steep tea for a long time. Some people put honey in it. And some people put essential oils in their teas, like lavender, bergamot. Some people drink it cold. Some people drink it hot. I like to add things like agave. Some people drink it and will sit in a bath and, and read a book. I may only put two or three drops of agave in it just to really make that flavor profile bloom. Some people playing a guitar. If you add a ton of sugar, you're just going to have a cup of sweet tea. I think, as Matt said, there's a lot of experimentation going on with tea. From a health benefit perspective, a lot of the yeast drinks more greens in the morning to really kickstart your immune system and, and really get your day going in a healthy way. People are cooking with it. Salmon with tea, or you've seen alcohol-infused based teas, or you know people are doing dessert teas, or doing all sorts of stuff. Most of America, I would say, likes black coffee, black tea in the morning. You know, we're trying to wake up and get our day going. I never use recipes when I cook. I know when you bake, you need to do that because of, of how baking works. But typically, I just throw stuff together and see how it goes. Green teas are lighter, so typically with more dessert things that are going to be lighter as well. They're very experimental. So the tea world is is really experiencing some upward growth uh, as people are, are starting to understand that the the caffeines and teas are a, are a little more stable. Uh, you don't you don't get as much of a, a caffeine hangover, so to speak, from them. And the, and the health benefits are higher as well, you know, as far as all the studies have shown. 
Everything we've done from the ground up has, has really been a focus on you know, keeping things environmentally sustainable and, and really helping the Hill tribes stay in their communities, help their kids go to school within their communities instead of having to travel into the cities, giving jobs to the indigenous people and ensuring that they're able to live in the traditions that they're accustomed to instead of really being bombarded with the commercialization of, of their Hill tribe cultures. I think the bottom line is, is that we want to make a push to, to do what we can to, to help the Hill Tribe farmers. We want to make a push to, to do social good in the United States, too. I think at the end of the day, you know, those are the things that are important to us. If we get, you know, customer requests or notes, you know, where they, you know, ask for a, a birthday wish to a parent or loved one, we go out of our way to, to make a custom label for that customer, put it on the box. Like, we try to do things that are fun and engaging and take that extra 10 seconds you know, out of an out of an otherwise busy day to just do something special so that everybody's enjoying it. I think Mickey summed it up well, right, and fairly well. I mean, I think at the end of one of the shows, he said, you know what, just be kind, right? And I think if we could all take that, you know, uh, you know, if everybody would be kind to everybody, you know, every day, then the world would be a better place. So, you know, if we can contribute to that and, and do that, then that's awesome. And, and that's what we want to do. I got into this because it was a cool thing to do. Yeah, I was like, this is really cool. I'm going to be part of a tea company. Yeah, it was about the fun, and now that fun has turned into a business. You know, for Grateful Teas, it's uh, www.gratefultea.shop. And then uh, for Love Some Tea, it's www.lovesometea.com. So both sites are connected, so people can find all the information there. You can shop on both sites. Um, yeah, and, and you can also, you know, reach out to, you know, reach out to us at, at lovesomtea.com as well. Uh, you know, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, I'm at scott at lovesomtea.com. I don't, I don't need to hide my email address. Feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, you know, I think one thing I would say about all the guys at the company, whether it's Matt, myself, Beach, Robert, or Chip, and there's no arrogance, right? We're, we're just trying to build a company, do the right thing. And, you know, I will say this, uh, you know, we feel very fortunate to be in this position. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into this, but, you know, we're, we're definitely honored to be able to represent the Grateful Dead. You know, we're all core deadheads. We've all been to a lot of shows and we all love the music. And so it's uh, like I've told people, for me personally, you know, when I think about three or four things that I really care about, uh, you know, Thailand, uh, the Grateful Dead, you know, music and to be able to tie those all together and into a business is an amazing dream come true for me. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, really honored to be able to do this and, and humbled by it as well. So anybody out there, if you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to us anytime. I mean, we're, we're here to support you and, you know, we just want to build this and like Matt said, have fun along the way.